0: Live again, guys. John is on his way back from getting beer. So we will just let that go for a bit. Dot to worry, I'm sure he'll be back shortly. He's not gonna leave me hanging. Hopefully not. If you can hear us, make sure that you type something in the chat so we make sure we're getting loud and clear if we need to turn up anything. Let us know. Um, other than that, welcome to episode eleven. Today we are gonna be talking about prepping models to paint and prime. And see, here comes John. I told you he wouldn't leave me. He's just a little slow today.
1: Nah. <laughs> New bottle of alcohol. It poured very aggressively.
0: And that just means more for you.
1: <laughs> and, no, the counter got a little bit too, unfortunately.
0: That's what a straw is for. Just like slurp it, just lean down and, <sniffs> and take it all up. Wow. That's alcohol abuse. John abuse. <laughs> So, uh, by still name, this is episode 11. We will be talking about prepping minis um, for priming and painting, which you're the expert on that, because I have no clue about painting and priming miniatures. Definitely don't know about cleaning them up. Um, but before we get into that, uh, John, what is your drink for the day?
1: Uh, well, I just brought some uh, Southern Comfort Cherry. Oh. And I'm trying it in a shot, and I put it with some Dr. Pepper. Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> I don't know what Terrible. the obsession with Dr. Pepper is.
1: It mixes well with everything. It really does.
0: You mean flavored prune juice? Is it is flavored reminds- prune juice. <laughs> Look, I need to be more regular. That's what you that use. I'm
1: full of shit. Trying to help with that.
0: Um, so let's see. Today, of course, I'm going to be drinking my good old... <laughs> maker's mark got you with that one uh, with a good old honey brown and oh, honey brown. someone gave me one of these and I figured I would try it on the show uh, someone gave me a mm. uh, star Artois, and I'm gonna try it uh, whether I like it or not it's a different story
1: uh, yeah I've heard mixed uh, one of the locals Hennemeyer will not drink that shit so if you go and get off from a free beer and you bring him one of those he'll be like just don't give me water instead just,
0: just, give, give me water <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's what I'm going to be doing today, um, drinking. But we need to have a moment of silence. Uh, moment of silence for a good friend of mine. Um, my good friend, he went empty. He's completely empty. The bottle is completely gone. I'm going to have to buy more for War Machine Weekend.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't. Well, my... I can't do that every time I get an empty <laughs> bottle. Though mine aren't as expensive as yours. <laughs>
2: So,
0: my War Machine week—I'm gonna have to buy a whole new bottle of this for War Machine weekend, which is okay. So, a moment of silence, and then we cheer to everybody. Ready? Moment of silence. All right, that's a good moment. Now let's drink. Cheers! <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Oh, that Maker's Mark is good. All right, I'm gonna put it up. Should I drink my Honey Brown or my Stella Artois first, or try
1: Stella Artois? Let me get the Honey Brown in reserve.
0: I'll leave it up to our listeners.
1: Ooh, and that Southern Comfort cherry is
0: good. Is it good?
1: I could drink that shit straight. That's a problem.
0: <laughs> mm. So we'll leave it up to our viewers. Which one I should drink first? Should've or try the, <laughs> the whole bottle? I don't even. Can I even open this?
1: I should have brought the whole bottle. Shit. That was. That, oh, as them. a connoisseur of flavored whiskeys and such, that was definitely the best uh, cherry-flavored uh, whiskey I've uh, had. All right. A very tasty, a little taste of, uh, not quite as medicine-y, but uh, a little bit of that uh, reminiscent of Cherry NyQuil, which I love.
0: All right. Congo says I need to do the Stella. All right. Well, let's look at the bottle first. Green, see-through, because you can see through it. See, uh... Oh. Cool. It, it, it smell. It actually smells like ass.
1: Look, smell and not, taste are not are not always the same. No,
0: it doesn't smell very good. I mean, it's kind of like a fruity rotten beer. Yeah, no, very fer, very, very fer, yeah, very fermented fruit type thing. All right, ready. Ready. Yeah, that's ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's bad. Ugh.
1: I don't like it, but I'm not a beer guy, so I always defer to beer guys. We should have gotten oh. Rich Broutman on there.
0: Ugh. Whoa. Oh, that's bad. Well, that's really bad. I don't want to be the most interesting gonzo in the world if I have to drink that shit anymore.
1: Oh, no, that's not that. That's Dos Equis.
0: I know but that's what Congo was saying <laughs> no yeah I know <laughs> no I'm not slamming that whole thing that was gross that was bad oh alright Johnson why don't you go ahead and uh... <laughs> um. this is renderer not available showing on Twitch Uh-oh. what do you do with the message renderer not available showing on Twitch I have no clue what he's talking about do you know what he's talking about John
2: I do are. not.
0: Uh, try refreshing and see if that'll go through.
1: If you can get it to pop out.
0: Yeah. I have no clue. I'm I'm very n- a big newbie on Twitch stuff. Oh my god! I still got that taste in my mouth.
1: Let's see. Actually, I can just.
0: <sighs> Alright, um, we got a couple <laughs> things to talk about before we get started on the thing. Um, we want to let everybody know, um, if you are going to War Machine Weekend, make sure you find me at least Saturday afternoon, and if you know the secret passcode, you'll get some cool swag. Um, if you're going to go to War Machine Weekend, make sure you do the social on Friday night. We're going to get together, I'll hang out, smoke cigars, drink scotch, bourbon, whiskey, whatever. Uh, we're just going to have a good time. Um... Next weekend is a huge, huge, huge podcast. We're going to have eight people on the podcast, uh, which is really cool because we're going to have some really awesome painters: uh, Lynn Stahl, Kat Martin, Elizabeth, uh, Liz Hunt, Elizabeth Berthley, Bradford, um, Riot Girl, uh, Angelina Kirka. I mean, we're going to have a ton of people. Jessica, uh, I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, Bartholomew, uh, um, I just met her recently, she's kind of a new, but she won some, she won some awards. <laughs> I call her Jessica, I'm not going to try to butcher her name anymore. Um, uh, Jessica. T- call. So, so uh,
1: I messaged Rich Broutman told him, you just try the Stella Bar, and, uh, he sent back a picture of Morton Joe saying, mediocre!
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about women in painting, um, then after that, uh, we're going to talk about the women in the hobby, um, and also with all the stuff that's been going on, uh, lately, um, how they've been dealing with stuff in the hobby being a female, which is actually pretty important, um, because I, I know that uh, a friend of mine that passed away, also had a lot of harassment from that, so it's going to be kind of a serious but fun type thing, um more fun at the beginning, get a little bit more serious, and then talk about movies like usual. Um, For our patron subscribers, if you did get your um, dice, please show us. Uh, Something happened uh, over the weekend. Um, No, I'm not slamming that. I don't care what you're going to try to offer me. I'm not slamming that. I think it's nasty. Um, If you didn't get your dice, let me know. Uh, because there was an issue this week uh, or last week um, one of the patrons the dice arrived in an envelope and I just weighed them all and they wanted to charge them $3.55 because it wasn't an envelope it wasn't a letter they thought it was a package uh oh now there was only there was only one joke I mean one joke (laughs) there is only one die in there um, we had to be a little uh, careful with that because of costs. Um, but we'll do
1: this frequently because we'll hit all the new guys, and and all the old yeah. guys will get one too. Yeah, yeah. every every so often, guns will figure that out. But it, yeah. you eventually get your whole collection, and we'll keep track to make sure when you get to, you know, your your fourth or fifth die, it's the alternate color.
0: Yeah, so it goes, when, when you get to your fourth fourth die, uh, we've got an alternate die that's going to be for like, because of uh, the color, for like, in War Machine you have to have the column or whatever, and so we're getting at and, that. Yeah. We're just trying to make sure that your money that you're giving us is used, and to give y'all back. <clears throat> um, yeah, we
1: want to do a little bit of both. A little bit of supporting us, keeping stuff going, and also find cool ways to give you cool stuff back.
0: Correct. I mean, like our, I mean, the money that we've gotten from y'all was to pay back uh, our initial costs, um, which was around oh, $160, $170 that I did out of my pocket, uh, which is no big deal. Um, so I just paid myself back on that. Uh, we bought the dice for y'all, mm-hmm. uh, which is something we definitely wanted to do. Um, Supported War Machine Weekend and the Old Man Tournament. Yeah, uh, we're actually sponsors for both of them, <coughs> um, and we've got prize support and stuff for that. Um, and also, like you said, if you see me at War Machine Weekend, come and see me. I have some more swag for you. Um what else? We are now saving up money to get a good camera, a uh, good webcam for Seth. Uh so he can stream uh not only personally but on the podcast what he's painting, but we want to have a good HD camera for him yeah. and a good one that can that can go in really tight when we need to cuz we really want to bring y'all in him painting. Um but those can be pretty expensive, so Yeah. We're working we're on that now. That. Yeah, that's our th- next one.
1: That being said, if you guys see any deals, hit us up on Facebook. Say, hey, I saw this cool camera deal. Send it to us. We can always take a look and see if that's what we want to get it.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, Cause cause, I mean, one more thing.
1: Yeah. Amazon had deals occasionally. I mean, I got my web camera. Uh, it was like almost half price uh, when I got it. So that was really good.
0: Yeah, so hopefully we'll get that. Um, but yeah, every once in a while when we get new people, we'll send out an extra die to everybody, make sure everybody gets four of the blue, and then we have another color coming in for like the column or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if you see me at War Machine Weekend, that's some of the prizes uh, for some of the tournaments it is a full set because we just got that ordered and it should be out to us shortly,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is really cool because uh, the old man tournaments. If you're 40 and older, please come and play in it. It's a shit ton of fun. Yeah. Um Yeah. I didn't get to play the
1: one weekend I was there because I was uh, sick that morning. It uh, was very sad.
0: Last year I took it over from John Mm -hmm. and started doing it, and so I turned it into an objective event. And it's an objective event where you have all these weird random things you have to do, like go find Carl Morgan and tell him him that his butt looks good in a tutu. You know, stuff like that. (laughs) Um... Play where well, all your dices were your ones or sixes, and your sixes are ones. Um, stuff you know, weird stuff like that. Um, also some you know some of the it's, it's kind of like a match between Gonzo screwed up in the head objectives and who's the boss objectives.
2: Yeah.
0: So. Huh. So if you if you're in that get get into that that's uh, really a lot of fun. Yeah, we're um, supporting that. That yeah, that's our personal event. And also and, the and, Colossal Week. The Colossal Wrestling is ours.
1: Yeah. And, and also everyone from the old Men John Jays, you guys helped fund the prizes for my uh, Malibus Logo League since I still had some leftovers from uh, funds from that that I used to uh, purchase some cool tokens and stuff for uh, the guys. Figured that'd be a cool prize. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's I mean, we're, we're, we're putting your good money into good use. We're trying to find mm-hmm. a, a good place that'll host all of our files for free. Uh, and still make them available to iTunes and for everybody to download when they want to. Because a lot of people don't watch the podcast; they listen to it a lot, which is fine mm-hmm. dandy. Um yep. Don't have any problem with that. Um, so, and the easiest way for people to get that is YouTube is iTunes. Mm-hmm. So, but they're real picky, so you have to host them a certain way. Yeah. Um, so. Also, we'll be giving away a pretty sweet mini. Uh, it's a Gorman mm-hmm. that's going to be given away to whoever the whoever gets the random at fifteen dollars.
1: Oh, I got a new uh, Gorman, I gotta paint up.
0: Do you get a PG Gorman?
1: No, I have a oh. Gorman, the Wolf and sheep's clothing.
0: Oh I hate that model. I hate that uh, model.
1: It's super cheesecake but it amuses me. Oh okay. I mean let's let's talk. Let's let's not call it the, it's cheesecake models, but I mean Yeah what it for for the what they're doing I feel like it is the right kind of model for what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not me. Didn't subscribe yeah. to it because it just wasn't my thing.
1: Yeah, it's not uh, not, not for everyone, and you know yeah. I appreciate that. That's yes. you know.
0: Yeah. Um, what else? What else we got coming up? Um, Seth may be a little behind on his um, thing that he's doing because he's got a he's got a lot of work going on. Yeah. So we may be like a week or so behind. So give him a little break.
1: But uh, I am on schedule for the two a month still, so we're good there. I just have to. Yeah. uh Um. This last one was about uh, was Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and it was uh, when to get out of a game. And that sounds negative, but it was really a lot of me telling you not to get out of a game without spending a lot of long, hard thought. And this next one will be Avengers Age of Ultron, and it'll be when to just take a break from a game and how to help you do that. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, it's just things that are on my mind, because everyone knows, it's no secret, I'm not really into... War Machine so much right now, uh, but i am still got my foot in, and, and it's things I've given a lot of thought to, so I figured I'd share some of my thoughts.
0: I still have to do a thing on um, Dark Souls board game, which I haven't had a chance to yet. been mm-hmm. kind of busy I've with got, everything else.
1: I've got a backlog on that. I want to do uh, 40k uh, uh, War Path. And then uh, one of the locals uh, let me borrow this, uh, Maelstrom's Edge, to uh, take a look at the rules for that. Cool. So, I mean, I'll review any game if I can get get my hands on a copy, but it's free or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And obviously, we're going to shy away from the big games. You don't need to hear us review War Machine of Horrors. Um, I don't think you need to hear me review Malifaux or Infinity or anything like that. But if you do, let me know, and I can do that.
0: (laughs) Well, that's also, Congo, if you send me a pirate hat, I will definitely wear the pirate hat during the stream. 100%. Oh, yeah. Uh, 100% uh, I'll, I'll R every so often too <laughs> <laughs> Um, but That'll then also I up we I'd messaged you and Seth about it but we didn't get to really talk about it because we were pretty busy this week but we talked about RPGs not rocket oh, launchers oh I responded thumbs up um, so I wanted to bring this up to our guys um, I'm a huge tabletop RPG guy I mean huge I own hundreds of tabletop RPGs and I love RPGs and so I would wonder, and it's not really, and like I just, uh, we're, we're more about miniatures, but we're also gamers. So we're kind of curious yeah. if anybody really wants to hear us review, like, role playing games. Uh, yeah, or talk us, about them
1: on, uh, as, a, as a cast. I mean, yeah. maybe not so much with Seth, but that's a good Gonzo and John topic, because I am yes. not an RPG RPGer either.
0: Uh, I mean, because I've got quite a few. I mean,. Uh, hundreds of RPGs that I could talk about. And there <laughs> are quite a few I have. And there's quite a few that I'm actually going to try to do one. So if you want to hear about uh, role playing games, tabletop role playing games, let us know. We will start adding them to the repertoire of stuff we can talk about. I mean, we're still going to talk more about, you know, tabletop miniature games, but <laughs> we can have an episode that's, oh, uh, okay, once a month we'll talk about role playing games or we'll talk more about alcohol.
1: Or... or we'll talk about some card games. I mean, we're unlikely yeah. to talk about a collectible card game, because those are not necessarily our purview, but, uh, you know, uh, living card games and, you know, other games that there aren't really collectible, we're definitely looking at.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I I
1: just started playing Legend of the Five Rings again, because I was a big, big fan back in the day. Yes. And uh, I know Gonzo wanted to hear about this, let's fill a little bit out with that. Um, it's It's good. Um, and they're, uh, they're accelerating the growth of it Because the problem with a uh, uh, living card game Is it takes a while to get going Because mm-hmm. it's one pack a month But they're doing six packs between now and the end of the year uh, In November they're going to start And they're going to release one pack a week for six weeks Which sounds terrible until you realize it's only $90 of stuff And that does make the overall investment If you have a full play set of it If you went all in and then you bought all the packs. It does make your total investment $210, but how many games can you get into like this that are less than that? Yeah. I mean, it's hard.
0: Is it a fun it's not game, like you-
1: Oh, it was absolutely fun. Uh, I'm playing Scorpion right now um, because I was always uh, bouncing around uh, through different decks back in the day, uh, but ended as more of a Totori's Army and Yoritomo Alliance guy. You old L five R guys know what I mean by that, um, but score pre pre dishonor scorpions uh, are to me. So uh, so I'm playing them right now. I've played four games. I have won three of them by through dishonoring my opponent. Like you do. Like you do. And the other one was really close. Did like two or three honor left when he uh, just steamrolled me. But that was kind of a weird draw from my deck. We both felt. Uh, He was getting good value out of his cards. My cards were getting as good value, and I was getting a lot of weird stuff coming out. A lot of my my big cards coming out first rather than later. Um, But uh, it's been really fun. Uh, There's a lot of depth in it, even initially. Um, I think the only problem right now is that really there's... I don't think winning by honor is a viable way to win right now. Uh, if it is, by all means hit me up on Twitter or Facebook and let me know how that happens. But uh, I feel like military and dishonor are the ways to go. and they're definitely both viable. and most decks can do at least one of them really well and some can do both. Um, uh, I really uh, if you played L5r back in the day, you're gonna have to really eject that knowledge. Keep the lore, it looks so similar that your brain's going to need to problems. That was my problem for my first two games or so. I was thinking like old L5R, and it doesn't exactly work like that. It's much more resource management, not as you get steamrolling you continue to steamroller. Because no matter how badass your dude is, eventually you're going to run out of fate on him, and he's going to go away. And, you know, when that happens, you know, I hope you got a replacement. Uh, example, last guy I played against Noren, uh last night, he got his champion out turn one. And this just in, Hidikasada crushes shit.
2: <laughs>
1: and I'm like, oh Jesus, I don't know what to do because I don't have anyone who can face up with him. Uh, and there are, there are cards, there are enough cards to help you get by that stuff. I was able to stave him off long enough, but uh, that was a hell of a dishonor win because uh, the last turn... He took one of my honor the turn before to go to four, and I went to three, so I took it back, because that's a Scorpion Clan stronghold, and I managed to make him lose the other three honor in one turn to win the game, but it was close. I feel like I would have been okay militarily. I could have held him off another turn or two, but, uh, man, it was getting tight, because Scorpion Clan's not beaters, and each clan feels different. I've looked at the cards I haven't played, but i played against three different clans, and it, it all feels different. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty well-designed game, and getting the entire uh, Imperial cycle out, as they say, the those six packs will only be better. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, really, it's not too expensive. You can play with one core set, you really want to get at least two. Three would give you a full play set of all the cards, but that's not necessary, especially if you're getting in, in a group. In fact, depending on how you're getting in, in a group, if you get three people, only want to play, say, two clans each. Like, I'm only interested in these two clans to start, maybe. You can literally just trade. You could all buy one core set, trade the extras, and you have a full, pretty much a full place set of two clans. Uh, I think ideal is to get two plate, two core sets, and then trade a little bit with somebody. They get a couple clans at full. Um, but, uh, You know, that's up to you. If you you got the money, three core sets to get you going to start with everything you need. That might be a little much. But uh, I've really been enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to new stuff. I give it uh, zero shots of Kraken. Sweet. One shot of Saki. One shot of Saki. So. Uh, so We should probably get to the topic topic.
0: Yeah, we wasted a lot of time talking about cool stuff.
1: Yeah, I didn't (laughs) even talk about that 40k game, but uh, I I will at some point.
0: Alright, so let's go ahead and talk about... Prepping Models for Painting. Mm, Um, Absolutely. This is a pretty hard thing for me. I don't have, like, the keenest eyesight anymore. So (laughs) when it comes to finding, like, mold lines, I have a really hard time with it. Um, Lately, I had taken and painted uh, some Dreadrots. And mm-hmm. when I started doing my paint scheme, which is the dry brush black and white, you know, sketch style type thing, um, it, it, as soon as I started painting them, I saw mold lines all over the place, but you couldn't see them when they, when you were putting them together. Mm-hmm. So it was a problem. So I've actually decided to order something in for my horrible eyesight to help me with that.
1: Uh oh! Do you got one of those uh, headlamps with the lamps and the, the magnifier? Oh man!
0: If, if next podcast, I'm wearing that thing. This thing is like they, awesome, not a week unbelief. goes
1: by without uh, one of the painting uh, Facebook groups recommending them, and I always save them my Amazon because I have a really good light, but it's downstairs, it doesn't fit on the table I have next to me for hobbying. Uh huh. I won't won't clamp to it well. Um but it's got a magnifier in the middle and and the light ring around that's really good for stuff like that but I've been looking at those headlamps Um,
0: that's what I've got it's like this headlamp with magnifiers on it someone on one of the hobby groups had mentioned it and I'm getting problems with seeing up close mm -hmm. and uh, this I saw and it was like 16 bucks and that I so here's the with. funny
1: thing I found is light, the way the light comes in, and, and we'll, we're getting into tips now, the way the light gets in actually affects that. If you have too strong of a source from one direction, you won't be able to see as much as if you have just good general light coming down. Yes. Because uh, I noticed that because I, uh, I have a, a very good desk lamp over here for my hobby station for putting models together, but sometimes it's I have a hard time seeing stuff. I have to move it around a lot to see it. And you know, I miss that light because it had good, much more light. It was bigger, and the magnifier helps. Um, but to get around that, a, a trick you can do, and uh, we're jumping ahead in the in the in the the order of operations, but a trip trick you can do is you can, um, literally after you prime it, you can just dry brush gray lightly. It'll pick up all those mold lines yep. then you can get rid of it, and then. You have to reprime, or actually I keep, I would always keep the uh, uh, the airbrush-like primer that you can brush on uh, the same color around just in case, just so you can do that. Uh, it'll definitely get you ahead of the game when it comes to mold lines. Uh, occasionally you're going to have to deal with them, or you're going to have to scrape something off, um, or not care.
0: Well, one of the things that someone had asked me and talked about is if I... Put together the model completely and then paint it? Or paint them in pieces? I'm not that great of a painter. I'm not that detailed. It's put it together all one piece and paint it all as one piece. Um, so, I'm not doing it. If I was going to do a competition piece or a scenery or something, yeah, I probably would do, you know, put together after I painted them. But for the most part, nah, it's all one piece and all goes together. And paint it all as one. Yeah.
1: I've seen a handful of guys painting parts and it's painful. see him and he and then he's like scraping paint off to get the plastic glue to effect. Because remember, gluing on paint is not as good as gluing on the model because the paint will come off and thus there goes your glue. Yes. So that is the main reason why I do not suggest it. Triply so if you're using plastic glue. Uh, Super glue a little less so but a good point is that if, as long as you paint in the way you're supposed to, which is deepest areas out, remember, at a certain point, as long as you get dark in there, like if you slop your brush around inside to get black all in that deep parts, and then you get the the, the overall effect of what's in there, like uh, the Talos guy was talking about, he has, in his belly, there is a guy. And I'm not worried about it, because I'm not going to do a great paint job on him. It's literally going to be some paint, maybe, you know... Some a little bit of wash and a quick dry brush of certain areas, because you only have to get the effect because it'll it'll accentuate shadows in that point. Yeah. And the good point is unless you're in a painting condition, if you cannot get a brush there, they can probably not see there on the tabletop and it does not matter so much.
0: Yeah. I mean for like rank and file troops. But so. And and oh, yeah. very rarely big models. It depends on the big how big the model is. Like Colossals? Yeah, I can paint those all in one piece. Not worried about those. Uh, I don't think I've I, done actually,
1: honestly, I, I counter those are easier to do in small parts. Like, like my galleon has pinned arms. I can just pull the arms out because it also helps for transport. Yeah. So I can paint the body and legs separately, and then paint the arms separately and put them in, and they stay. Yeah, um, it's a lot of work to get the pins to work right. It requires multiple pins, but two pins in an arm go in. That arm's stable as hell.
0: Yeah, and
1: even that. after you're done, you could just you know you could not paint the part where they glue together, or you could scrape it off or whatever, and then, or even if you just if you've painted it, the glue plus the fact you have pins will have glue on the inside, that'll hold that in forever. You, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, in fact, all my colossals are multiple parts.
0: Most of mine are all together as one, depending on what they are. Like I have some, like the new Colossal Kits, got them magnetized, so not worried about that. Um, <clears throat> but putting together, no, I'm usually, if it's, especially if it's rank and file troops, it's all together and I'm doing everything. But like I said, I mean, I'm doing a weird paint scheme for my Grimkin, so it's all strictly black and white, blah, blah, blah. There's not much to it.
1: Yeah. And it's tough, because dry brushing gray uh, really puts you back a bit and to find the, gray, to find the uh, mold extra mold lines.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's really extra difficult on that paint scheme, because you're sort of taking a step back to get the mold line off. But uh, that's one of those things you, you really have to decide when you're going into a model how thorough you're going to be. Uh, with certain things, there, there are levels you go from the beginning. Uh, when you open the pack, if it is resin, wash it in warm, just soapy water. No, no excuses. I don't have time with it. No, wash it in warm soapy water. I don't because do the because the release agents on resin can totally fuck up your priming job. Yes, it can. I have had primers just flake off of because of the release agent, and there's nothing more frustrating than to start painting and you realize and your your primers coming off in chunks. Like what the hell? So you should definitely just get in the habit of doing that with just resin. The only one you have to. Ideally, all of these have release agents. The ones for uh, metal, talcum powder, and uh, for plastic, I don't know what to use for plastic, probably some sort of oil, um, are much less problematic. But theoretically, you could just wash all your models before you, uh, or at least rinse them off before you go. Um, But that's like next level. Like, if, if you are competition, you want this model to be perfect, you only want to assemble it once, you want it to be absolutely perfect, wash the hell out of that model just do it
0: be like nike and just should do
1: it insert that at that i uh, should insert uh shayla boof uh gif now just do it just do it <laughs> um uh the next step is having the right tools to get your models off the sprue
0: finger clippers need, don't work you
1: need need the we finger clippers do not work. They're, they're like, I mean, you could use finger clippers but they're just a step ahead of tearing them off with your fingers. Damn it! You need some good side cutters, typically, preferably ones that are flush on one side. And that's the side you want, generally speaking, against your model. Though sometimes if it's fine and it's not working well, you can flip them around, clip the other way so you've got a big nub so you know where that nub is. Uh, especially for people whose eyes are getting bad, it can help you. You see where that nut is that you have to you have to get rid of with the next next step.
0: Hey Dan, uh, and then be to
1: them off. If if you're not sure if the piece is flash or part of the model, leave it on. You can get rid of it later. What? We can cut yeah, things later. You can always come back and yes. Um, then the hard part is getting. Uh, and I'm speaking mostly from plastic models because metal models, it's not as big of a problem. You can usually tell all this stuff better, but uh, uh, metal models, hobby knife, file, will get you all you need to do on those. Um, Use a hobby knife to get the majority of the area where the sprue attached off, then file it down a little bit to get it good. And then, if you're going for that next level, but not quite pinning level, take a file and file on the joints where the seams where you're going to connect them. You're like John. Why am I doing that? I don't care if they what they look like. They're gonna get connected. you are not gonna see them. What filing does? It creates little grooves in there that you can't even see or feel, and that gives your super glue more surface area to connect, and it will connect better. It will dry as a much better bond.
0: What you mean? Smooth surfaces don't glue together very well. It's just in.
1: Correct. now super glue does a good job with it but if you want that stronger bond and this is obviously just metal models because plastic, you're going to use plastic glue resin is much more porous, you don't need to do that as much, but you can I mean it's a good habit to form Um, and then uh, metal models, really if it's a heavy part just pin it if you can if you don't have a dremel you should look into it it's an excellent tool for multiple things but even just to hand pin vice and get through most metal stuff, it's just a pain. Um, if you're going to do a lot of metal, if you're doing Infinity, get yourself a Dremel. It's It'll play dividends. Oh, yeah. If you're doing War Machine, eh, maybe not so much Dremel. You don't necessarily need it because they're getting away from a lot of that uh, metal, but it's still helpful. All right, it's just... So, the truth is, we need the plastic models, a Dremel's not necessary, but man, it makes it super duper
0: easy. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs>
1: and and then the resin is super duper easy but wear a goddamn mask I cannot stress this enough resin dust is bad there are ways around it if you're doing it a little bit of time be careful and not do it but just suck it up and get yourself a dust mask it's all the protection you need you only need to wear it while you're doing resin store the dust mask significantly away from where you're working with the resin just in case but, but that'll be helpful for working with the resin If when you're filing it, uh, cutting it out so much, filing it and drilling it, are the two times you need to worry about that. But, but and that's like the most important thing, because that stuff gets in your lungs and it's no good.
0: But it doesn't go out in the air or anything. It's just there, and I'm, I'm careful, and I just blow it away.
1: It, it may not be good enough. It may be, but it may not. I do a lot of single base uh, uh, pinning, and... I will hold my breath when I'm drilling through, and it's far away, and exhale when I pull it out, but that's only because I'm doing one waste of time. If I'm doing more than one base, like I've got five bases together, I just get my mask. To be fair, I have significantly more than just a dusk mask, which is why I'm hesitant to get it out. I have an actually rated respirator because, you know, I'm like that. What? But, but you should get a dusk mask, keep it, keep it away, keep it up higher, that way this, the dust doesn't get on there. Um, you can also wet your files when you're, dry- when you're filing it, but don't rely on that. Get the dusk mask. Um, let's see, where is it? Metal models, like I said, metal models are easy. Pin if you can. If, it's a, if, it's a, if it looks like it's a big piece being held by a small joint, like a wrist with a sword in it, just pin it if you can. It's going to help you in the long run. And my rule is, if it comes off more than twice... So let's so say you, you put it on, you glued it, it looks good, it comes off in battle, okay, glue it again, you gotta clean it off with, the, you have to clean that shit back off with a knife, because glue on glue, not good. Glue on metal, good. If it breaks again, just fucking pin
0: it. But, but, what about when you prime stuff? Oh, Do we have to stuff. use... What, I mean, I mean do, we, do we have to use a can? Do we use the brush on? Do we do the, uh, you know, the airbrush? What do we use?
1: Well, um, the answer is you can use either. Um, and depending on how many layers you go through, and this is controversial, but I'll say it, if you're painting a lot of models and you're going to use a lot of layers, a lot of thin layers, you don't necessarily need to use primer. I have a friend who paints very well, very amazing models, and he has never primed a model in his life. What? Now, for you, for us average painters out there, prime the damn model. Okay, he's got to be the, high. He's just good. But uh, so, and you can prime it with the you can any spray primer will work, but you want to pay attention to what you're using. You need to pay attention to the environment. Um, people rave about Krylon. Krylon's cheap, and if you don't care about you're not painting at the top tier level, Krylon's fine. I actually go next level, I buy automotive primer, or I buy actual gamer stuff, because it is actually... They do actually test this shit to be a little bit better on models than Krylon. That being said, Krylon is cheap, and if you're doing like a ton of rank-and-file models, it's probably all you will ever need. Um, I was doing a lot of resin that was having problems with a little bit of sticking, so I found the automotive flat black was baller at sticking to all sorts of Forge World and Resin stuff. So I use that occasionally. I'll use Army Painter stuff. I'll use GW stuff. Um, Most of it's pretty good, but you really try it. Talk to your locals. They might have some some tips and tricks. I mean, because we can't tell you how Primer reacts in your local environment, because we're not here. Primer reacts where I am different than where it reacts where Gonzo
0: is. Yes, very much so.
1: If it's humid outside, if you're like, ah, man, it muggy today, do not prime. It is not a good day for that. But, but, I can go to my garage. If you have proper ventilation, you can go to your garage, but proper ventilation is probably not present. I have people who say, I prime in bathroom. Well, it's got the extractor fan, so that's okay. I'm sure you're wearing your dust mask like you have for your resin uh, filing and, and all. So that's probably okay, but you have to be really careful because you don't want to spray something in your bathroom. <laughs> that would be uncool. And someone's going to get upset about that. Landlord, get it together, parent, what have you. <laughs> um... I actually have gone to a lot of the airbrush primer that I brush on. And it seems strange to say that, but I've had it work pretty well. Now, obviously I have to multiple coats. I go through and I coat the crap out of it. I let it dry. Um, This is a long process, so it's kind of a pain, but I don't have easy access. I didn't have easy access to period to Prime. I was living in an apartment for 19 years, so I could probably Prime now, but... Um, so I let it sit overnight to dry, because that stuff needs time to dry. In fact, all your primers should probably dry at least 6 to 12 hours if you can. It's okay before that, but to really let it dry, you'd want that, you know, 6 to 24 hours. Uh, and then I go back and I see the spots that are missed and decide if I need it. Um, sometimes you don't, but if it's the deeper areas that are being missed, just another primer coat on it, let that dry, keep it thin. And that's the key with primer, you got to keep it thin. Everyone thinks priming a model means coating it entirely. That is not true. When the big painters show you how to prime, they have bits missing. It's not. It's just meant to keep help it stick overall. You don't need to cover the whole thing. You don't have to coat it. It doesn't have, have to be jet black all the way through. Um, but you know, some people's painting style. That's how you want it. But you want a good thin coat so that you can paint back over it and not lose detail. I've had models that have been, you know, uh, primed twice. The first guy was a little heavy on it. So when I come through, I lost a little detail. It's kind of disappointing in a model. But, uh, you know, find out what's best for you. Um, like I said, I found that the brush-on primer is good. Um, I was just having brush-on primer anyways, because sometimes you'll spray-prime the whole lot and find it chipped or whatever, because you play with it in the meantime, of course, because uh, you prime in large batches. And, uh, or you just missed a spot and you don't want to have to break the can out for just a spot because that's when you start getting it build up deeper than you want so you get the hand primer out you just prime it, just just hit it a little bit you can even water down black a little bit and use that to help cover it up but I mean you, you, you definitely want to prime every model um... Play with unpainted yes, models, all oh. oh, the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have time to paint like that. But uh, so plastic models are a little different. Uh, resin and metal, even though they're very different, uh, pretty much the same building. Building instructions go to both of them. Just resin, you have to wash. Metal, you could wash. Uh, painting resin is fine. It's super easy. Dust mask, like I said. Um, but since it's lighter, you don't necessarily need to to pin it at the, the same arm that is resin will not need to be pinned like a metal one. Metal's a bit denser, a bit, bit, uh, a bit more weighty, and could break easier. I find resin is very likely to break at the super cool point. It's going to break at some thinner point, unfortunately. Um, but plastic, man, if it's standard, you know, GW... Uh, uh, GW slash uh, Weird Plastic Get yourself Tester's Plastic Glue You will not regret it That will put your models together and they will be... It can bond small surfaces to small surfaces It's gonna hold long enough to a little bit set And that's a key thing I guess for all the glues You don't have accelerator for plastic glue So you're gonna have to get a little patience and have it set you set you let it go, it will be there for a long time. It actually bonds the stuff together. Superglue, let it set. I oh, know, I it? know. You've zip kicker. I know. Yeah. Don't use zip kicker. It's just it a makes, bomb. It is. It makes a weaker bond. <laughs> and people are like, oh, that's a fallacy. No, it's not actually a fallacy. It's true. Will that weaker bond affect you? Maybe not, but do you want to have take the chance you have to put this shit together again on large surface areas? Uh, Sanchez, one of the guys I used to work with at Games Workshop, is a good dude. Would take and he would put the tiniest drop. He would he'd never spray that stuff on. He'd put glue on. He'd put a tiny drop in the center of the other half, put it together, so at the center part bonds quickly because of the accelerant, but the rest of it is regular glue and will seal better. And that's a good middle ground, but that's very intensive and you're still buying, you know, accelerant and not necessarily using it on everything. Uh, I would suggest just learning some patience. Putting models together while watching a video is something even I can do, and I'm not good at diverting my attention like that. You have the video, you just hold it. Hold it for as long as you can. Heck, if you're on YouTube watching a five-minute video, hold it for five minutes. Who cares? Or get yourself some of those, um... You know, like a vice, but like they got the little grips on them to hold things together. That works, too. Sometimes you get in the rest of the spot where it's good. But I, I find that we don't let stuff cure properly. Don't let it bond long enough, and we don't let it set. Like, I have a model where the legs are getting kind of weird. I, I pinned into a leg, but it's very thin, and the pin, I mean, it could come out. The back leg was coming off. So I glued it again, held it five, six minutes, and I left it overnight. Let that thing fully cure. If you're worried about a bond, let it cure. Now, obviously, sometimes we're in a hurry, and that's going to happen. Just realize if you're in a hurry, that thing could break eventually, and you got to have to put it together again. So if you cannot be in a hurry not be in a hurry. If you're in a hurry, do it quick, but actually, I've had a lot of times where I put models together quick at the store to play with. And then, I just bust them apart, clean all the glue, clean all the, uh, the glue gunk off, and then I re-glue them again slowly, or I pin them slowly. And uh, the brass brush, we recommend for cleaning off on plastic models, for cleaning off lots of, uh, like, fur and stuff when it gets in deep in the crevices. Works okay on metal models, too. Gets flash off, gets the, uh, um, the vents, too. So the big, bigger, long stringer stuff is vents. Flash is just that little bit, little thin stuff that filler forms there. Gets both of those off. Uh, it's also good for scoring the models. Like I said, with a file, you can actually just brash brush the two sides where they go together. Works well. Also, it works good to get glue off. You can get them at Home Depot. They're cheap. A finer a finer brush, smaller brush is better because you can get into better spots. Uh, I use pretty big ones that I found on Amazon. They're okay, but... The smaller ones are better. Like I said, Home Depot, it's, they're not even expensive. Uh, it's a great thing. Um, one of those tools you don't necessarily know about that uh, since none of the hobby companies sell, they don't necessarily talk about them. What? Yeah, I know. And that's pretty much the basics. There's tons and tons of, of expert tips, but that gets you through pretty much the basic and the intermediate stuff.
0: But what about... Like, gluing them to bases.
1: Uh, see, bases, if you can pin them to the base, pin them to the base. Because it's just going to work better. And here's another one that is people do different ways. Uh, I will pin to the base, I'll put a base, um, pin if I can. Like, for example, I've got a guy, and since I play with some models, I get this guy on a base. Except that he's just pinned and he's not even glued. He's pinned and blue-tacked. I can just literally... Oh, look, foot up. Look. Because he's tacked. That way I can use him until I find out what kind of base I want to put him on. Especially if you're using a... Using sculpted bases for stuff. Um, but for anything with a sculpted base, if I can, or if there's a no small enough area, I try to pin. And I go right to the base. So this guy's not pinned. You can tell there's no, nothing showing up on the bottom. He's just glued. But if you look, he's got, like a million points of contact. Feet here, feet here, feet here. Um, on anything else, like oh, this guy this guy's pin. I don't know if you can see it. I'll get it all the way close up. There's a little, little brass dot there from the brass rod. I literally pin all the way through the base, clip it off, and then file it down. Uh, you can see it there. I can, the video's caught up to me. Um, and I actually suggest pinning the bases when you can not always going to be convenient not always going to be necessary if they've got two good feet or if you're using just a standard flat black base that's a good it's slightly textured you can gloom to the base with regular glue, no problem some of the sculpted bases they even a flat foot they might the, the base will have sculpting on it so you'll need to do a little something sometimes a little something something? yeah a little something something but yeah, I definitely uh, I'll pin them to the base and then I'll, I'll, I'll base them over that and then you know, and I suggest little basing tips I'm not going to go into it because that could be a whole podcast by itself If I'm going to use any bigger things like on my mercenaries I put little rocks down I'll put the big rocks down and fill out with the, the, the standard gravel and such just so that I have the rocks placed beforehand because trying to dig them in later or, or figure out where they go later isn't going to work
0: uh, I, see. And
1: I, super glue the, I super glue the rocks down and then I use uh, PVA glue on the rest of it. But, so but
0: what happens if but. I've got everything going, I've started painting, and I find a huge mold line that I just didn't see? What do I do now?
1: Um, you have two choices. You suck it up, or you remove it. That's what I do. And removing it, it may require... Painting again, but that's why you keep the hand primer around. Because you remove it, then you just hand primer that area you removed it from again. Even if you're like, if you're several highlights in, uh, unfortunately, you're probably gonna have to repaint about a bunch of stuff. You might want to just suck it up. But if you're on the first coat, by all means, just remove that crap, hand primer a little bit, get that, let it dry, get that coat back on, because you can make it even again at that point. Remember, thin coats are your friend. What? Yeah, I know. And even if it looks a little off, by the time you get through all your highlights and, and, and extra coats, it'll probably look fine. Um, but that is probably the biggest problem, is finding your mold lines later. Come on, Gonzo, you got to have more questions for me.
0: Oh, we can go over what Dan wanted to talk about. Yeah, let's right get forward. Dan's. Yeah, since Dan is in our chat, I don't know why. He must ah, be, he must be bored, bored tonight. Bored. I don't know if he's still in though. Ah, if so we'll not, say, he'll listen again later. I'm sure he's going to listen because he probably subscribes to our iTunes account.
1: I'm sure. I would be surprised if he wasn't actually a patron.
0: What, Dan, a patron? I don't know. Yeah, he's I don't actually, know. he's actually kind of a cool guy.
1: Yeah, it's a cool guy. He's running his own business. If he's not a patron, it's because he's running his own business and going a <laughs> lot to cons and all. And I cannot
0: fault that. Um, so let's see. Let's go with his first one. And we were talking about this because it was uh, actually. Let's hold off on this one for the movie time.
1: Oh, well, we, we hit that already. right we get the movie section.
0: Yeah, we'll do a couple do minutes to time. get the other ones. Yeah. So let's go with number two. 2D <laughs> terrain or 3D terrain, which we kind of talked about already. But go ahead.
1: We did a little bit. Um. I have a heck of an opinion on this. I'm going to say both. Because there are certain things you cannot do in 3D terrain unless you're building an entire sculpted board. Trenches, water features... That stuff just does not work in 3D terrain. It's problematic and painful. Um, I also feel that hills in most games... Um, the ones where they don't block line of sight or anything, should might as well just be flat. They can even be old school m- Battletech map flat, where they just have elevation lines, so you know how many elevation levels that particular part of the hill is. Um, it's just too hard to put models on a hill. Now, the alternative, and I talked to somebody about this, it would be to have the miniature companies get together and go, make rules where, hey, if you can't make it fully on the hill you didn't make it on the hill at all and you stop before you get there. (laughs) It's harder to get up a hill. And likewise downward, if you can't make it completely off, you're placed completely off the hill because it's easier going down. Jesus, isn't that a simple rule? Why haven't people adopted that?
0: (laughs) Um, But other than that... You can't get all the game companies to do something.
1: Yeah, I know. On that forest, I like a flat template with trees on it. You Mm -hmm. can remove trees if you need to. You can put them back when you want to. Um, buildings, 3D. If anything impassable, make it 3D. It makes the board look better. But yeah, I'm all about 2D. You know, anything I can. Lakes, trenches, hills, whatever. Gonzo, what do you think?
0: Uh, I think it depends on the game. Honestly, I really think it depends on the game. Uh, for War Machine, Hordes. Uh, buildings, I can see two uh, 3D. Because you can't walk on them, can't walk through them, you know, you can't put people inside of them.
1: Can't destroy them yet? Yeah.
0: Yet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But for everything else, 2D terrain for, like, War Machine Hordes. Um, It's too hard to put models on sloping angles, uh, Mm -hmm. weird angles, uh, things that you can't stand on, like a wall, 3D. That I understand. Yes. Um, Games like Batman or Infinity has to be 3D terrain. Because the game is built around the concept of multiple levels. Mm-hmm. If you tried to play Infinity on 2D terrain, it would just be crap. Yeah, it
2: you would not be good. It.
0: it would not be fun at all. Um, no, it would
1: be... It's <laughs> had to explode.
0: Yeah, but like I said, if, if the game allows you to stand on the 3D terrain, go for it. I, mm-hmm. I, I would prefer 3D terrain all the time. Um... A, a 2D terrain piece of forest with removable trees, good. Mm-hmm. Um, a 3D piece of terrain that you can't remove the forest, be- but you can put models in it, bad. Because if you can't pull the forest off, but I'm allowed to stand in the forest, or put a vehicle in the forest, then it's a problem. Um, that's just it, a big issue.
1: And that's only for games for games where terrain is abstracted, like... Uh, or like uh, a tree is I cannot walk through said tree. It's fine as long as you get models in there. Correct. There's Dan. <laughs> you really, are, Dan? Yes. Have you considered a forest without trees? Welcome to old school, sir. Imagine trying those in old fantasy. Yes. Those were what's called a bag of dicks.
0: Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. There's. Uh, old school stuff. I mean, trenches. Just you get two D.
1: It's too hard to stand on the edges. Yeah, you too hard to stand the edges and the two D. Yeah, it's too hard to stand. On the edges the,
0: yeah, it, hard to stand hills on the are hit right or so. miss. Depending on the slope of the uh, hill, I, depending I, on how it is. Yeah. I mean, there's even it, the it game really works up
1: it. plastic hills, which which have very gentle slopes and a steep edge that you, you obviously can't have on. Uh, even those are kind of problematic at points.
0: Yeah. I, I, it depends on the depends on the thing. Uh, War Machine Hordes, uh, buildings I can see being 3D. Everything else has got to... And, and walls. Everything else to me has got yeah. to be, you know... If I can't stand on it, 3D. If I have to stand on it, it needs to be 2D. Uh, and unless it's like a Batman. Cause like the Batman game has 3D, but it has... You're not putting a ton of models. You're putting one model on there. And you know what I'm saying? And 40K... No oh, good luck. Okay,
1: just play flat terrain, because terrain doesn't fucking matter. Not anymore. It is yeah, a big items. gripe with me of that game. <laughs> like, if it's not a crater, which should be flat also, by the way, uh, it's like craters and ruins, but uh, flat would work, 3D would work, however you want to do it. They abstract terrain anyways. It doesn't matter as much. But uh, uh, shall we get along to his next question? Before we um, talk actually, he actually through our movie section?
0: He actually has a question on the size of hills and forests for War Machine and Hordes, which is actually a good question because in tournament play, they have to be a certain size. They should be within a certain <laughs> diameter and width and is in the Steamroller packet. So, Dan, if you really want to know, you can check that out and see it. But, um, let's see. I'm going mean, see so if I can find it really quick uh, for terrain pieces. They're like... <sighs> Not too big, but not too small. Like
1: I find the flat terrain that Muse did is a decent size for all those things.
0: Yeah. Let's see. Um, I have that, and I use it a bit. No piece should be... They should be between 3 to 6 inches in length and width at best. Yeah, 3 to 6. Anything smaller is not even worth it. Anything larger gets to be a... A problem. No reason why you asked. Liar. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Come on, man. Pull the other one. Um, which if you play Guild Ball, he's got some really good stuff for Guild Ball terrain. By the way, if you're into that, uh, he's got some really good terrain pieces. Um, question number two. Yeah, he some good question? terrain in general. Yeah. Uh, question number three. Favorite hot sauce. What
1: is your? F- yeah, hot choice. Oh. Um, I don't really put hot sauce on stuff t- too much. I'm not, not a huge hot sauce fan. Uh, if I do, I want something with f- flavor, not with just heat. I, I agree with you on that. Um, I can do sriracha if I need to, but sriracha's hit or miss. Yep. Some things is great on, some things is just no bueno. Um, I've got, uh, you know, spicy ch- or sweet chili sauce that I uh, have that's sort of like a very spicy, uh, sweet and sour type of dealio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good I put in some things But it's not a lot I'm not a big spicy food guy
0: Yeah um, Unless there's it, a prank
1: involved in which case I will handle anything
0: <laughs> My thing is Is I, I like um, I, I, For hot sauce Dipping hot sauce I don't like watery hot sauce I Like the you know Chunky like a paste style Because that's the way I like to do it with chips mm-hmm. But if it's for like for seasoning and flavoring, like um, Louisiana hot sauce, you know anything that's got heat, but taste, it can be hot. And if it doesn't yeah. have flavor, it's crap.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't want heat for heat. Yeah, I want heat for flavor, like yeah. part of the flavor. Um, the local barbecue place has uh, what they call a Tupelo honey heat. That is really tasty.
0: Yes. It's got to have good flavor. If it doesn't have good flavor, then I'm just burning my mouth for the fun of it, and I don't like that. Brand names? Louisiana Brand hot Brand names. Sauce. I don't buy... <laughs> Louisiana hot try sauce. Try stuff out, you Dan.
1: Like, 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 really, like, it's one of those things you have to try. I mean, uh, like I said, I just bought the... I saw that I was cooking up some pork chops, and I'm like, on my phone, like, w- what sauce do you pork chops? And someone suggested, like... Uh, you know, a, spi- a sweet chili sauce, and I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll buy some. I just bought some in the local store, and it was good. He's <laughs> a I'll take a look <laughs> later after the show and Facebook you what it is called.
0: Um, uh, last one before we go into media section. What are you guys reading right now? John, you reading anything?
1: Uh, I'm re- rereading the uh, X-Wing series by, at this point, Michael Stackpole. Though, after uh, this book and two more, it'll go to Aaron Alliston for a bit, then back to Stackpole for a bit. Uh,
0: currently, I'm not reading... They're old,
1: they're not canon anymore,
0: but... They're still good books. Yeah. I'm currently not reading any books at all. Um, I'm reading, like, manuals and RPG books and stuff like that. And, like, <laughs> I'm reading the Batman rules right now. So, currently, no reading for... Excuse- stories
1: That's because that's you watched three movies
0: I did watch three movies today while I was painting With that said, mm-hmm. since so we talked about movies let's go to the media section da, 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 da. Yay. I gotta fix your screen by the way because you are really huge uh, I mean I am Well, don't be an ass so.
2: I'm huge
1: <laughs> That's what she said that's not actually what she said, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, alright. Let's go with his first question. Let's get his question out of the way before we start talking about movies in general. Yeah. Um, what's your... I'm gonna have a lot to say
1: about this. I'm not...
0: Oh, horror movie... He says, uh, Susan? horror movie suggestions... Yeah, go
1: ahead. Actually scary, jump thrills don't count, gore fest tend to lose it, I need something to dive my mind and crush me from the inside, Seriously. Um, so, unshockingly, I don't actually watch horror movies that much because most of what they put out nowadays are jump squares or gore fests, which are not mm. my thing. I agree. Um, the last horror movie I, I watched that was not one of those necessarily was the remake of House and Haunted Hill, and it still had a little bit of that. And I actually didn't even find that that terribly scary. Um, I just don't watch horror movies. I mean, I think the scariest movie I saw recently was freaking... Uh, Atlantic Rim. That movie's so fucking <laughs> scary. <laughs> scary. Bad. That's, That's hilarious. Don't, don't watch. You're broken with me, Dan. I'm sorry. If you want to talk action movies? I got you, though.
0: Um, for me... Gonzo, what you got? Um, I, what I would suggest, Dan, um, is go watch Black Mirror on Netflix. That will oh, screw I with heard your head. I've
1: good things about Black Mirror.
0: Black Mirror will screw with your head. There's some pretty screwed up shit in Black Mirror. Um... Go go watch that. That'll give you a good mind fuck, because that's what it sounds like you're wanting. Um, And go with that. Um, I'm I'm with John. There's very few good horror movies that aren't about jump or just gore. Um, So it's it's really hard to go to find a good mind fuck. So I would suggest watching Black Mirror. Yeah, ray bombs. Black Mirror will fuck you up. The first few episodes I've watched, and I just haven't gone back to it because I've been busy with other stuff. And I'm like, this is a fucked up shit. It's cool, but it's fucked up shit. Yeah, um, if you want I have
1: similar to that in anime, you watch Perfect Blue, which is supposed to fuck you up too.
0: Yep. It's right. I have three movies to talk about. What do you got to talk about? I have a
1: movie and a TV series, so you should start.
0: Alright, let's go with something that was a horribly, horribly bad movie, and I knew it was going to be that way, because one, um, let's see, it was on Netflix, it, the plot line was horrible, and it was an hour and 13 minutes long. <laughs> um, so it didn't overstay its welcome, so that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. The movie I'm talking about is about a bunch of nerds that find a banned board game and go play it. Alright?
1: Oh, wasn't there multiple movies about that? Gosh. Okay,
0: this one was about these paladins going and fighting demons, and they're the biggest stereotypes of all the nerds. This movie... Thirteen Demons, great name. Has really nothing to do with anything. <laughs> they actually reference Jumanji in the damn game <laughs> whenever they play it. Yikes! So, yikes What yikes. the story is is it starts off um, and talks about you know, it's like this warning, you know, we don't represent this, we don't have blah blah blah, you know, the the movie company protecting themselves. And so this guy walks in. He's like, "Guys, we gotta play this." He's like, "Dude, I was playing that board game on the table, and I've been doing that for like six hours, and you ruined it because he like messed it all up." And then his friend, his other friend that's in a wheelchair, is playing a a console game on a console TV, playing a console game on an old tube TV, and it doesn't even fit the whole screen. It's like really screwed up. And you're like, dude, but I'm in the middle of this, and you know, just so on and so forth. And so he's like, well, we gotta play this game because I bought it from this old man, you know, and he's dying, and his wife's going dying, and we gotta head it. And this was banned, and people died because of this game, and you know, the whole backstory. The standard, you know, we gotta play because it, it was banned.
1: So, exposition, exposition vomit. I gotcha.
0: Yeah. And so they start arguing about the game, about how stupid it is, and. All this other stuff, and it's not even working. The guy's like, no, let's just try it out, all right? Let's try it out. And then the stereotype comes in. Uh, one guy is the poor, pitiful me. I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm a nerd, so you got to be special with me. Then you got the guy that's just over-excited about everything in his life and wants everybody to do everything and try everything he does. And then you've got the pothead <laughs> that'll smoke dope every time they play. So they try the game out, and it's like, they, like, so they even reference Jumanji, and like the pieces move like Jumanji, too. Like, they'll move on their own and stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and the story is, is, you're paladins, and you have to go and destroy these demons. When you destroy all the demons, you win the game. And there's 13 of them, because 13's like a special, powerful number. Um, of course. So when they get to the first time, and they read these stories out and everything, and blah, blah, blah... About what's happening, it's kind of like a choose your adventure thing. Uh, but when they go to fight their first demon, they kind of black out. Everybody blacks out, and they wake up in this one room building, this one room that they're all playing all their games in. And the news story comes on that somebody was bludgeoned to death with some type of object behind this area. And the guy, one of the guys, is like pulling stuff out of his hair. So you're like, oh, okay, this was. But whenever they go, whenever he passes out. He goes into paladin mode in the realm, and it's like this fake world, and it's all this stupid music, and the stupid graphics, and it's all like kind of black and white and gray, and it's just just horrible. And it's just bad. It doesn't
1: sound good at all.
0: No. And they go through this, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to ruin this for you, because if you watch it, it's bad, and it's just going to make you throw up. What it is, is every time they go to fight a demon, they all go into the realm, and... They go and kill a human being in our world... ...thinking that they're a demon. And so... ...the guy that brought the game... ...calls his parents the night that he's supposed to go out... ...to go fight the demon and says... ...I'm fighting for the Paladin of the Order. I'm going to make you proud, but I may not come back alive. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing. And he gets killed by the human. And they show him dressed up in like pots and pans... ...and like a pot on his head and stung, strapped him... ...and, and holding like a stick as a weapon... And so... This is pretty much where it comes down. It's it's horrible. It's bad. They arrest the last two guys because they killed, like, all these people. And they try to make it, like, this big story, like, oh, was this a game because you killed this five-year-old child? And he's like, yeah, that was not a five-year-old child. That was a goblin with, like, silver boots of speed. And, you know, And I was like, oh, shit. And it was just yeah. like... It was just bad. Um, You got to drink quite a few shots of Kraken to get through this. Luckily, it's only an hour and like 15 or 13 minutes. So it's over really quickly. I mean, they had a budget of maybe like two bags of chips and, you know, a Mountain Dew. Um, I feel bad for these guys that made this movie. I mean, it is beyond belief horrible. Um, Yeah, it
1: sounds not good at all.
0: it It was just bad. Uh, I would say at least four shots of Kraken and do something while you're watching it so you can just hear it. (laughs) Yikes. 13 Demons, Netflix. No go.
1: Yeah, sounds like Stay Away. So, uh, my first movie is not on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Uh, I actually purchased it as part of the Sylvester Stallone collection. Whoa! Which was like 20 bucks for like seven movies. So, I'm like, you know, I like Stallone enough. Yep. Uh, I am totally talking about and, and it's funny because I saw both that and the Steven Seagal collection and there's a common thread to both of these that one of the movies actually has what I would call potentially a bigger actor in a co-star role in one of those movies because the Steven Seagal collection which I have not purchased and may not because he has never made any good movies has Executive Decision as one of the movies which I thought was fucking hilarious because <laughs> that's not really a Steven Seagal movie Uh, but the common thread would be Kurt Russell so obviously I'm talking about Tango and Cash Kurt Russell's so awesome he is and uh, unpopular opinion time this is not a great movie (laughs) people love this movie I do not know why this movie is a mixed bag of stuff it has a lot of potential but it moves so slow in the beginning you don't have time to really get there I mean the whole the whole theory is that Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone are tagging going cash and they are the big shit uh, LA detectives one's in you know one's a nice suit, he's got lots of money, he does it for the thrill, you know, he, he doesn't need to for the money and he's in the nice part of LA dressed as a suit Russell is the exact opposite. He's in the scummy part of LA. He dresses how he wants. He's much more of, you know, your standard, you know, slovenly guy. And the whole thing is they get framed. They they both get tips going to the same place. They get framed for killing an FBI guy who was doing a drug sting because the villain, Jack Palance, wants them out of the way. Um, so my roommate sat down to watch it with me, and the point she was out of the movie is Jack Palance has these two what he calls mice that he, he runs around in his little maze, see-through maze, and his, that's his bar. His whole bar thing is his big, big maze for his mice that he loves. And my roommate was out because they weren't actually mice; they were actually rats. And she said, "Nope, I'm out." <laughs> because she has rats. She's in like, that one's only like eight months old. I'm like, alright, you know too much. You're a crazy rat lady now. I'm sorry. That being said, it's, she didn't miss much because it's, like I said, people love this movie and I don't know why. I mean, the, the, the interactions between Stallone and Kurt Russell are good. The action is mediocre. There is no scene in this movie that absolutely stands out to me as great and being anything other than relatively pointless. They get this cool SUV. They have no explanation for why the guy can make this cool SUV with this mining on the side and all that. And they're driving around fighting stuff and they run out of gas. Talk about the stupidest reason to stop, you know, using the cool vehicle of the movie. You ran out of gas. Plot hook. None of the fights are amazing. Um, it's just not it's just not great. It's it's just my new standard for, it goes to my new standard for action movies. Uh, it used to be The Last Stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger. This, this is actually same score. Uh, this is two and a half shots of Kraken. Um, it really would be three because of the content, but Kurt Russell and Sloan have some, some good interactions. They bring it back up to two and a half. It is a bog standard action movie, and honestly, if it's part of your collection, like you bought the Stallone collection for like 20 bucks, sure, it's fine. If you have to pay money directly for, e- for it, I would think twice. It has nothing outstanding about it. There's a million movies out there that are probably more worth your time. Gonzo, what's your second movie?
0: I watched another movie, and this is an actual Netflix original movie, um, which was kind of oh, okay. interesting. Uh, made by Netflix, and it's called Babysitter. Um, just came out. Okay it's about a kid that of course is like deeply in love with this babysitter uh, because she's super freaking hot and she babysits him even though he's like a middle school kid and really doesn't need a babysitter but he's like still worried about everything and parents want it um but they talk about you know when the kid goes to bed the teenager the babysitter brings over the boyfriend and they do it while the kid's asleep so interesting enough But what happens is he finally stays up to watch what happens to her. And they're a bunch of teenagers playing Spin the Bottle. And then she kills one. And involves all this satanic ritual stuff that goes on. Um, And so it's about him seeing that and having to deal with it. Um, The cool thing about this whole thing is, one, the girl is Hugo Weaver Hugo Weaver's uh, niece or something. Because I was like, she looks familiar. And I thought that was... Um, interesting, Samara so Weaving? Her. Yes. Um, and then, the Rave Bombs got it correct. This movie is supposed to be a horror movie, but it is funny as shit. Some of the stuff that happens yeah, yeah. in there is hilarious. Um, uh, Not to spoil directed anything. Directed by McG. Yes. Um, There is quite a few hilarious scenes in there. I was not prepared for the horror. I thought it was just going to be... I mean, for the humor. I thought there was going to be a couple of funny things. But it was funny throughout the whole thing. And you're just like laughing at some of the stupidest shit that happens in there. Yeah, very much a comedy horror. Uh, Very well done. Um, Very... It flowed very well. Wasn't stagnant. Um, Had some decent actors. Uh, Yeah, a little bloody... Well, a lot bloody in some scenes, but it was horror bloody. I mean, humor bloody. It okay. wasn't like over the top, but it was. It was hilarious. Um, so the movie so is the
1: it's from Dust till Dawn?
0: Dust to Dawn, yeah. Uh, excuse me, but it was hilarious. It was funny. It was. It had some gotcha scenes in it. Uh, nothing scary but horror type but very humorous definitely recommend it maybe one shot of Kraken two if you're not really into it but it had some pretty funny funny scenes and I would recommend it just and it wasn't very long like an hour and a half hour 45 something like that you know standard movie size but it was it was so good Uh, the parents cracked me up there's one scene with the parents that just I started bawling I was like it was funny as shit don't want to ruin it because it's a scene that happens and you're like, "Oh, damn!" <laughs> so, oh, go ahead and watch good. it. To check that out. Yes. yes. So, what's your
1: my uh, TV series? Since I haven't yeah. get as much movie time, we get a lot of like you know forty minutes to an hour to watch. Is I've been watching that, rewatching the hell out of NCIS because. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the heck out of NCS. I don't care what anyone says. That is a very quality TV show.
0: Better than most. of
1: Um, and yeah, I so uh, I have watched up to about season eight or so, and I'm re-w i am re I rewatched from the beginning, and I'm actually in the middle of season three or so right now. And I will say this for it, uh, and I've watched you know CSI and some other stuff. It is more con- is a higher consistent quality than any other TV series that has gone anywhere near as many episodes, I feel. Like, I see an episode, I'm like, I kind of remember this, I don't remember being that good, and then I get through it, and I'm like, it has some really great moments. Um, but good thing about a, uh, any TV show this long running, and the characters actually have development through it, and they didn't play their hand too hard. They were willing to go, like, maybe we don't go another season, I don't care, we're not going to develop this character too fast. So they all develop slowly, and they can run have these longer plot lines, you know, and and longer character developments, which is very cool. I mean, hell, for the first season or two, you don't even know what uh, Gibbs did in the Marines, you just knew he was a Marine. You don't find out to like late season two, early season three. It's it's really good, really enjoyable. Um, it's great, you know. Hey, I'm gonna eat dinner, and I've got a little time to watch a TV show. Let's let's watch that. Uh, if you don't have any half-an-hour show you're watching, uh, it's a good 42 minutes of uh, enjoyment. Um, I will give it an average rating of one shot at Kraken, because there are times you're like, oh, you need a shot, maybe a shot and a half, but there are times you're like, I was riveted through the whole episode, it was great. Um, definitely high quality, it's on Netflix for free, and obviously, it's I think it's probably also on CBS All Access, because it's a CBS show where the new sh- episodes will be on there, if in case you're getting it for Discovery. It's another thing you can get uh, value out of there. So, yeah, definitely worth watching. I'm enjoying it. and uh, I don't know how long I'll continue to watch it. There's plenty of other things I need to watch. I'm just uh, in a weird place right now where I, I like to have something familiar.
0: Yeah, I can, I can see that.
1: Yeah. So, what was your third, Gonzo?
0: Um, i did been dead dying to see this, but I had to wait because I wasn't going to buy it and I didn't get to see it in theaters. Uh, it had an incredible body count um and started off really really well just like the original and I can't wait for 3 because if 3 is as good as 2 I'll be extremely happy and that's John Wick 2. I had oh, not God, seen it John yet. I oh. haven't seen it yet. I didn't get to see it in the theaters. And I did I had to wait till it came out on cuz so I wasn't going to buy it and I just waited until it came on HBO and oh. it came on HBO today. So I'm like I was going to watch something else for the podcast, but then I went, no, John Wick 2 is on, watching that now. Um... Yeah.
1: One, yeah we, we made it a local holiday. Uh, L. Marshall decreed it was a local holiday, and we all took <laughs> off and watched that day they it came out.
0: Um, one, I love Keanu Reeves. He's one of my yeah. favorite actors. One, he's just an incredible human being to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. He's always great. Um, two, great action flick. The gunfights mm. are great. Um... I like because they're all like really up close gunfights. This isn't where shooting, you know, we're shooting, you know, hundreds of feet away. Um, Some of the great humor in it, too. Exactly, Congo. With a fucking pencil. Um, I love it that John Wick is still the boogeyman. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's still scary. Um, I love the world. I love the combat. I love the story is still relevant. Um,. His, his lines of, you know, I'm just going to fucking kill everybody, is yep. John Wick. It's perfect.
1: Um, uh, I love how he's the absolute baddest badass, but as he gets hurt, it obviously affects how much he can do.
0: Yes. I mean, it's not like he Most takes a Most movies don't do that. No. It's like the old saying, like, oh, he he can take a bullet, but when you try to wipe it with some alcohol, he flinches. <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, no, he flinches when he when he gets hurt, he gets hurt." Um yeah. the one thing I really really like about the whole thing and I'm glad they did it a lot more in this one is the Assassin's Guild. I can't remember what it was called. Um but I mean, that's what I yeah. call it, the Assassin's the whole
1: world Guild. World is like it's great.
0: Yes. I mean, I would love for someone to do an Assassin's World RPG based off of this. For the fact that... Oh, God, yeah. This would be really, really cool. Um, The whole pain of the medallions, you know, buy rooms and buy stuff, and, you know, I'm going to see the sommelier, and it's actually the gun guy, and that scene was just really cool. It was really nice. (laughs) I was like, yeah, the Continental...
1: style. You're like... Yes. So much style in it.
0: He's like, yes, what do you need this for? I was like, well, I need an evening and a day suit. And what type of suit do you need? A tactical suit. And Bulletproof. I mean, the whole atmosphere of the world is great. I mean, it was incredible. I thought, I mean, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I want more of that world. I want to see more of it because, I, not to spoil anything, but the very end scene, uh, when the guy tells him now or whatever the code words, where you're like, well, fuck, uh, I can't wait to I uh, see 3. I mean, everything's great.
1: And it did not suffer from sequelitis like most movies no. did. It, 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 if it wasn't sequelitis, it's was because it wasn't as fresh anymore because you saw the first one. But it was still, otherwise, pretty much as good. The drop-off is very, very minor.
0: Correct. It was really good. Um... Mm-hmm. I actually looked to see. I was like, how many guys does he fucking kill in this movie? And he kills 128 people in this movie. Someone we went and told it up. He kills 128 people. And I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. Let's do it again. I can't wait until... well John, John Wick 3. John mm-hmm. vs. the World. Yep. Uh, uh, John vs. the World. John Wick. John Wick 3. Yeah. I mean... Because he's a badass, and some of the fight scenes were really cool. Him and Common, the fight scene between him and Common, both of them, mm-hmm. were really fun to watch. Um, I'll tell you, the stuntmen in that movie were not getting paid enough money. No, uh, not it was, yeah. There was not many um, fake scenes, if you want to call it, where, you know, a lot of green screen stuff, like people falling and people flipping and, you know, wrestling and stuff, it was all there. Um good stunt people. It was a great all the way totally coming
1: along as an actor overall.
0: I'm yes. Surprised. Um, last time I saw him, and I believe it was when he was in... Um, what was the western he was in? Oh, God, now it's going to kill me. <laughs>
1: I'm sure I remember the name of that. Uh, uh, I remember him in uh, Smoking Aces, and he was like, yeah, like, he was okay. But in this, he's definitely come up several steps from that. Uh, We have IMDb.
0: That's what I'm looking at. Um, But, I mean, he was really good in it. Um, He had some really good fight scenes. Um, He did some really good things. I I, I mean, overall, I liked the whole thing. It was really good. Uh, John Wick was really fun to watch. It was interesting. Hell on Wheels. That's where I saw him from. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was incredible on Hell on Wheels. But, I mean, I was a huge Hell on Wheels table uh, fan. Um, I just loved that series. Um, But, I mean, there was a good body count. There was good action. There was good dialogue. Uh, What's-his-face that plays the Continental guy, the head of the Continental... I can't remember his name. Ian McShane? Yes. Um, He's always an incredible actor to watch. He's always fun to see what he's going to do and say. Um, There's some Mm -hmm. good, oh, shit moments. There are some good... Damn, that was cool! Um, overall, mm. uh, no shots of Kraken. I'll agree with you on that one. I can't wait for three. Three makes me yeah. just want to jump up and dance. Can't wait for it. Yeah.
1: It's going to be awesome.
0: Yes, 100%. Um, and it has some good lines. Congo was right when he goes, with a fucking pencil. And it's like, this is the boogeyman. And I'm like, "Well, can't we just give like the car back? we're fucked
1: (laughs) though they could have yeah
0: but I mean it was just uh, overall a great movie I'd say no no shots of cracking can't wait to see 3 hoping 3 does it good justice everything so Mm -hmm. I'm all for it other than that um, we're actually down to our minutes you got anything else you want to add John
1: no, that's it. I'll uh, try to remember to talk about that 40K game in uh solo podcast or uh, next time because uh, uh, this was 40K game. There were two going on and it showed the dichotomy of 40K that I really want to get into at some point. But uh, I'll probably do that solo one as a bonus part of it just because otherwise it's going to wait two weeks. And I may not remember by then. Lord knows. Memory is bad enough as it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, I mean, that was... It, it was good. I mean... We, like I said, guys, next weekend is a huge show. We have eight people on the podcast, and it's going to be crazy. I'm actually going to be mm. drinking some special liquor that night. And I may get really oh, fucked shit. up. Really fucked up before the pre-ramble's done type drunkness. <laughs> um, oh. So other than that, guys, thanks a lot for coming out and joining us. Um, we hope you enjoy everything we do. We try to do everything fun. Um... Out of trouble, John. Anything else after I have close this thing out with our outro? I think that covers it. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Be on the lookout um, for that podcast next Sunday. And I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Have a good night, guys. If you aren't dancing, you're wrong. I only know how to skate. You know what? Sometimes we may do it instead of talking it, flip it back to an all of us, like the end of a Marvel movie. I'll get some <laughs> shawarma. We should do that one time. <laughs> <laughs> See, see if you can do health. it next week. I, I may convince people to try to do that one day.
1: <laughs> I'm down.
0: We're all down.